everyone and welcome back to the Females in Motorsport podcast. Today we're doing another edition of Let's Talk About It, where I break down different topics of motorsport and answer some of your questions that you share with us on our Instagram channels. Last week, we did our part one, which was about reintroducing females in motorsport, mainly because we do get a lot of questions about the platform, what our mission is, what our goal is, how you guys can work with us, what events we have coming up, what projects we have coming up. So make sure you have a listen to that if you're interested in learning more about us. But today we're going to be diving into a different topic, and that is media in motorsport. So I have worked at the intersection of PR and media in the world of retail, fashion, beauty, biotech, healthcare, wellness, all those kinds of industries for the past five years now where I work in New York City. And that has naturally inclined me to learn more about the world of media in Formula One. There is there are a lot of differences, of course, from industry to industry. And so I think it's it's important to talk about all of those things. And especially because now that there is such fandom in the sport, unfortunately, that has led to a lot of misinformation in the sport as well. So, of course, there's still those trusted media outlets. But there's also a lot of people who are just spreading fake news, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, um, a lot of news sites as well, unfortunately. There's a lot of information coming out that's not always corroborated and we don't really know if it's always true. And then, of course, I think it's also interesting to chat about how you can enter the media space in Formula One because there's so many of us who really want to learn more about F1. There's so many more of us who want to work in F1. And we always get a lot of questions about this as well. So. We're going to dive into a little bit um, of all of these topics now, and I'm going to start with some of your questions that talk about the representation of women in media. This is a question we get, we got asked a lot when we put the story up on Monday, and a lot of people asked about why we think media is so, quote unquote, dead set on sexualizing women's interest in anything how do you think media can help women in motorsport get more recognition and i think there's there's a number of things at play here number one is that there is a difference in the way in the quantity and quality of the way that female athletes and male athletes have been represented in media always This has been a constant issue that has been in our society and F1 is um, not exempt from that. When it comes to quantity, I don't think you have to look very far. I think you can even look at W Series and F1 Academy. The sheer number of stories and the sheer number of, the sheer amount of coverage coming out of F1 Academy versus F1 or any other series that's dominated by men is way way lesser and that was the same case with w series it helped a lot when w series was associated with f1 and became an official support series but without that w series would arguably in my opinion not have gotten as much press coverage so i think with f1 academy next year being a part of the f1 family in terms of uh, being a support race i think is going to be really helpful in just getting you know the names out there and i think what's important to realize is that when there's 
less quantity of press coverage around you. There's obviously going to be less exposure, less people will know your name. And that in turn affects sponsorships. Um, For brands, what they're really looking for when they sponsor you is to make sure that you are able to draw audiences in. They want to make sure that they want to be associated with you. They want to tap into your audience. But if you don't have that much um, information about you out there, then that means you don't probably don't have that much audience out there. There are some drivers who are taking matters into their own hands and really um, focusing on their own social media to help get that kind of press coverage for themselves. I think some drivers who are doing that really, really well are Bianca Bustamante, Lindsay Brewer, um, Samantha Tan. There's so many people who've really manage to get their personality out there just focusing on their own social channels and get their name out there and i think it's it's working really well for them but in terms of quantity we do have a problem when it comes to the number of outlets also who want to cover them f1 academy again for example and i'm using f1 academy as an example because um it's one of the most recent examples but apart from females in motorsport and racers behind the helmet and a few handful of press outlets who covered the first few races or covered the announcement of F1 Academy, there's really been no race coverage around the series. And it's it's interesting because I understand that there's, of course, no, no broadcast coverage happening, which, of course, eliminates all those broadcast outlets. But what about print media and online media? Because I think given that there was no broadcast, this should have been a big opportunity for print and online media to capitalize on that on that and fill that gap for a lot of fans. But unfortunately, we did not see that happen. So sheer number is one thing. Second thing is quality. And this is something that I've talked about before and a bunch of other content creators and journalists have talked about before, which is gender bland sexism. And this is essentially the way that men and their achievements in sports specifically are covered and and talked about is very different from the way that women's sports and women's athletes are covered. Their achievements are always kind of measured against um, each other rather than in the larger sport. When you talk about male athletes, for example, you most likely see men uh, being being talked about as, let's say, the most successful athlete in the sport. For women, it's most likely going to be the most successful female athlete in the sport. So I think the same thing happens in motorsport, where you're always talking about racers and drivers in their own pool and never really let them exit that pool and put them in the larger lens of things. And this, again, also impacts the way that women are talked about and the way the audiences listen to them and just really doesn't help spark more interest in people to understand why it's important to follow women's sports. And there are some media outlets who are working towards this. And I think the gist is one of them. The gist is committed to um, give equal coverage to men and women and really talk about their achievements in a similar manner. That was a long-winded answer, again, I know. But I mean, why I think this is happening is because it's just history and long, long years of sexism. There has been very little interest from media to cover women athletes. Um, I think they have been using the excuse that people just don't want to hear about them, which is inherently untrue. For example, this year, tennis, Coco Goff's final US Open drew in many more viewers than Djokovic and Medvedev's final did, which I think just tells you more about, you know, it's first of all, simply numbers that... Uh, people wanted to tune in to that match a lot more because she is, of course, an icon in this past year. She's really become a role model for a lot of budding uh, tennis players. So 
I think it's really important to remember for media that that's really not the case anymore. People really do want to hear about female athletes and their achievements and want to talk about them. And I think soccer in the US is another example. The US soccer team and women used to be a lot more niche, unfortunately, in the media. You really have to dig for information if you wanted to learn anything about them. And it's slowly becoming more and more mainstream. And I think finally people are starting to understand that this is a big area of interest for a lot of people. The next question we have um, is more related to the career side of things. What is the best degree for a media in motorsport career? This is an interesting one because the the simple answer would be to say a journalism degree, right? Of course, and I, I, I in my career, I work with a lot of journalists and reporters. And I think most of them will tell you that having a journalism degree is of the utmost importance. It's of course very, very essential to really know the ethics behind journalism, the, the you know, just to hone your craft and all of those things. So definitely getting a degree in journalism communication, I would say is probably number one. There are many journalists in the paddock right now who've had more non-traditional journalist roots in in the industry. I think Will Buxton is one and he's talked about this times many times before that he he's very grateful that he's able to do all of these things and do what he loves without having that kind of background. Then there are of course other journalists like Laura Winter who has covered many other sports before she came into F1. She has covered rugby before and she covers a lot of other series apart from F1 now as well. She also is really big into Extreme E but that was really her background was in sport and then she transitioned into Formula One, which is really interesting as well because that kind of shows that you don't have to start with F1, especially because in so many countries that are traditionally non-F1 countries, it would it could be hard to find something in Formula One and it might be a little bit easier to venture into another sport, get some more experience in sports journalism, um, do a couple of internships, get a job there and then work your way up to Formula One. Um, I think that would also give you some background into dealing with athletes, talent, asking the right questions and all those kinds of things that would help set you up for success in a career in Formula One. Next question is an interesting one. How do journalists prepare their subjects and their questions? Now, since I've been working with females in motorsport, I've been dipping into the interviewing arena a little bit. On Females in Motorsport's editorial page, I've had the opportunity to interview two or three amazing women like Lizzie McIntosh, Lily Herman, who is also a writer herself, um, as well as, as, well as um, an engineer from Haas. So I've had the opportunity to do this a little bit already. So what I would say is, for me, what works personally very well is take a step back and think about the direction of the story you want it to go in. Think about the overall narrative you're trying to portray, the overall narrative you want to share with your audience, what would be helpful for your audience to read about. So for example, at Females in Motorsport, we get so many of you asking us questions about careers. So we always try to ask women about their career journey, their career path, their best advice they've ever heard, and things like that that would help some of you uh, understand how to navigate their own careers into Formula One or a different motorsport. So that's something that I would focus on. Number one is what your audience wants to listen to and how to shape the story around that. But this also goes hand in hand with like, don't get stuck on that. I can't tell you how many times I've had the opportunity to talk to people and think that the conversation is going to go in one way, especially on the podcast, but it goes in a whole other way because their experiences are so valuable. They're able to share so much 
so much more that you did not have visibility into earlier and then you know you you can change the story a little bit so you need to have the ability to pivot a little bit don't get stuck or don't get married to one certain idea be more flexible and that way it will give you a lot more leeway into shaping the final story and then i think when you prepare questions of course you prepare questions based on you know your initial idea but again just to be a little bit more flexible i would say what works personally well for me is ask pointed questions you know focus on one topic but keep them as open ended as possible i never want to ask somebody a yes or no question um there are certain exceptions of course but you want to give interviewees enough space and um, enough room to be able to share their experience from a 360 perspective honestly because there such few things in motorsport that are black and white so i try to keep questions as open ended as possible and that also kind of gives you more fodder to shape the story you know you might that way you might get a little bit more something um from them rather than asking like a yes or no question so i think it's important basically just to be able to be flexible to be able to pivot um and just make sure you're making your interviewee comfortable i think this is the most important thing that i've learned hosting a podcast is that the more comfortable someone is with you the more they're willing to share with you and that's what makes an episode more interesting so just make sure that you're making someone comfortable don't ask questions that you don't think they'd want to answer because that would just leave a bad taste in their mouth and you don't want to do that all right so next question is a little bit more about social media but very very important to address and it is how do you deal with negative comments on social media is it easy to look past them So I think it's important to talk about this because I don't think females in motorsport is the sole recipient of negative comments obviously on the internet especially when there's so many more women putting their face and their name out there right now um we unfortunately get a lot of negative comments so I think it's important to talk about this and how we deal with negative comments is it's not easy it doesn't get easier either um I think especially when you know our whole mission is about spotlighting women talking about their achievements and when we get ignorant comments like women's achievements don't mean anything or you know they don't belong in motorsport or just things like that it's very very hard and heartbreaking for us because it makes us feel like you know are we doing enough because that is our mission and if we're not able to change people's perceptions are we doing enough I will say that what does help is that you know when there's 10 negative comments we have 100 positive ones which really does help because it shows us that while there are so many people who don't believe in women and our achievements and our capabilities there are so many more of us who do without that i think it would be much easier to fall into a um a social media pet if you will um you know it can you know honestly it can just get very very upsetting it can it's it's very triggering as well sometimes the kind of comments that we've seen out there um you know i've had to take um time off just to deal with those kinds of things it can be very very um difficult to get through but i will say that anyone who's dropping positive comments and nice comments and you know believing in our continued mission i really do thank all of you i'm very grateful to all of you because you guys really do keep us going without that it would be very very difficult for us to do what we're doing right now the next question is um 
similar to this and again equally important to address and it is what can formula one and the fia do to minimize comments like on the aston martin just hawkins post and in publications so to, to give everybody some background in case you missed it, Jessica Hawkins last week became the first woman in almost five years to test drive a modern Formula One car when she did a test for Aston Martin at Hungaro Ring. Formula One did a post about it. And unfortunately, if you do go into their post and look at the comments, it's 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 um it's really really sad because we've seen a lot of people comment some really terrible and heinous things about women and their achievements and again just along the lines of like how we don't believe belong in motorsport how we shouldn't be here how um you know someone commented saying that their respect for Aston Martin has decreased now that they put a woman in the car it it's really brutal out there and females in motorsport responded by collecting all these comments, making screenshots about it. And we did a post about it, about, you know, yes, of course, we've made some progress, but we still have a long way to go because I think it's important to remind people of that. Unfortunately, F1 did not do anything like that. And I think that really does bring more damage because I think when Formula One or the FIA or even bigger other bigger series and teams don't take a stand for women, it really does open it up to other people who leave such comments to think that it's okay to leave these comments. They don't think they're accountable for it at all. They don't think that the sport they love cares. So they're going to do it. They don't, they might even think that Formula One might not disagree with them. So I think it's actually very, very important for Formula One and the FIA and other series teams um, industry experts, professionals to really step in and engage with these people in a more positive way and take a stand because only then can we really help um, break that cycle. We need more people of influence to talk about these things. Um, I think it's really, really difficult, honestly, to to see the F1 um, uh, teams and series and tracks not to do this because Without them engaging, we are sometimes feel like we're just, you know, we're speaking into a vacuum. And I think this also kind of goes hand in hand with on-site security for women. We've had so many women complain about being harassed um, on track. When I went to Miami earlier this year for the Miami Grand Prix, I unfortunately did see a woman get harassed right in front of me. And... you know she obviously made her very uncomfortable she was there to do her job she was literally working in the paddock and you know anyone who's going to their workplace should not be subject to something like this so it was very very difficult to watch unfortunately it was very very sad and very heartbreaking so I think it's really important for series and tracks to really step in in a more tangible way and really help women be in a safer environment because let me tell you it's not the case right now next question is a more positive one so i really like to end on this which is what are the best and most efficient ways women are being highlighted already in motorsport so fortunately there are many uh, outlets and platforms that are highlighting women in a positive way of course there's females in motorsport where we really try to do that as well as possible racers behind the helmet is something i'm very fond of because they do a lot of race coverage of um, women um, in the series and, and uh, races for example with f1 academy they did a lot of in-depth race coverage which i really enjoyed and that really helped when i try to do um, the f1 uh, the f1 academy race recaps earlier this year so that's 
that's been really great. I think one that I talked about before was the gist that really is trying to maintain a balance in the way they cover men and women, um, which I think is, again, really important to maintain the quality in the way that women are covered. Of course, quantity is something that's, you know, out of the control for many journalists. But I think quality is something that is in their control and our control because we are in control of what we're putting out there and i think it's really important to um, make sure you know you're doing your research you are um, thinking about female athletes from a larger lens of things not boxing them in as a female athlete but you know talking about them as an athlete and their achievements as an athlete Um, of course you must talk to them about their struggles as a female athlete because as I've talked about before, it's not an equitable playing field and women don't always need more resources. We just need different resources. Um, so I think it's really important to just focus on those larger things um, and talk about women from the larger lens and bring more quality quality coverage into the world of motorsport. All right. Well, that's all we have this week on Let's Talk About It as we dive into the world of media in motorsport. We did receive a bunch of questions about PR and PR management in Formula One and motorsport, but I think that's really best for another episode. So I'm going to save all of those and I promise I will come back to them in case you did not hear your question. But in case you guys have anything else you want to add, please feel free to DM us, DM me personally, and I would love to answer your questions um, over there in case I did not get to it over here. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in and um, stay tuned on our Instagram to see what we're going to do on the next week's episode and feel free to drop in any questions. <laughs>